practical in our day living, everyday living. I mean, those who like to cut trees down. Uh, <laughs> uh, go to Second Kings chapter six, and let's look at verse one. Second Kings chapter six and verse one. It says there, and the sons of the prophets said unto Elijah, Behold, now the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence a, every man a beam, and let us make a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. And he went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was filling, uh, filling a beam, the axe had fell into the water, and he cried and said, Alas, Master, for it was borrowed. And the, and the man of God said, We fell it. And he showed him the place, and, the, and, and he cut down a stick and cast it thither, and the iron did swim. Therefore he said, Take it up to thee, and he put it up his hands and took it. Shall we pray, Heavenly Father? Lord, there is a unique situation here. Steel does not float, and steel does not swim. It is a heavy object. It goes to the bottom. But, Lord, what a miracle we see here. A simple thing. Just, Lord, it made so much, so much meaning to someone that was really desperate when he saw that part of the axe just went down the water. I pray, Father, help us, too. As we go through our Christian life, Lord, to be aware, Lord, that you are our Savior, our Lord, you are our guidance, Lord, you are our great shepherd. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, have you lost your cutting edge? That's the, the title of the message tonight. We look at these verses right here. I have an axe at home. Oh, I, had a, I have an axe at home. That, I mean... Miguel, you know how to cut trees, right? <laughs> but I have an axe at home that when I, when I purchased, it was nice and sharp. So I have a nice smooth stone at home on which you, you, know, you kind of play with it. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about here? A sharp, you know, yeah, sharpening stone, yeah. You put a little oil on it, and, and that thing was like a, a razor until... One of my kids got hold of the thing. <laughs> so when, when I go in the woods, I found the thing in the woods. Out of, it was not in this place because I'm very, but it was not in this place. It was in the woods. And when I found it in the woods, the sharpness was gone. It was actually very dull. So you can bang the tree as much as you want in cutting anything. Okay? So that's what happened. So my thing is, my thing is, is, is tonight is this. We too, Christians, we can lose our sharpness. You follow that? Serving the Lord, we can lose that sharpness that we once had. You got saved. You got that zeal and that enthusiasm. You were, you were excited. And you know what? That edge is nice and sharp. And the Lord said, I can use you now. I'm going to use you. You don't know much, but I'm going to use you. But you know what? We have to be careful because then we hit a stone here, a rock there, a piece of steel there. And that sharpness just, it goes. 
We have to be careful with that because we can be saved for a long, long time. You know how we're cutting with the dull X. We're not, allow, we're not allowing the Spirit of God to sharpen our minds, our mouths, our actions, and we lose it. So, you say, Pastor, when will you get this message from these things right here? Well, we got to make some application of these things, right? <laughs> so, there was a, once a man, a young man, who wanted to be hired by a lumber company. So, he went to the foreman and asked for a job. The foreman asked the young man, do you have your own axe? The young man replied, oh, yes, I do, sir. The foreman said, pointed to, the, to a man there named John. He said, if you can keep up with John there, then you have a job. The young man looked at John over, and he saw that he was obviously an old man. And the boy, the young man thought, I have no problem. I can beat him. I'm much younger than him. So I know I can cut twice the wood that he's going to cut. He's an old man anyway. So the two men started cutting down trees. The old man would cut a tree, and the young man would cut a tree. About three, uh, every tree, uh, I'm sorry, about a, uh, every few trees, the young man noticed that John would sit down and stop cutting. You know what he was doing? He was sharpening the blade. <laughs> he was sharpening the blade. After a little while, you know, you got to sharpen the I'm going to tell you something about my, about my uh my, uh, the, um, what is that thing? The, uh, oh, goodness. I'll remember in a second. And let me finish the rest of the story. So, uh, so uh, uh, and stop cutting. So, and, and, and those times, the young man would swing even harder, thinking with himself, now is my chance to get another tree down and cut more than he's cutting. After hours went by, at the end of the day, the foreman uh, went back and counted the trees, uh, John had twice as many trees as the young man. The young man said, what? How could this happen? I didn't, I work all day, I didn't stop. And when he was sitting down, I was working hard. How can he have more trees than I do? And the young, uh, John said to him, may I see your axe? And he held it in next to his axe. And, and uh, John said, you didn't stop to sharpen your axe. Boy, you can swing away. As much as you want, but you know why? It takes you as hard as a time to cut a tree if you don't stop and sharpen the, the blade. Uh, I'm going to give you an example. I was, uh, when I came from the hospital, me and my hard head, I went out there to cut some trees. And I had a chainsaw. You know, chainsaw is nice and sharp, right? And what do you do to continue, to, for that thing to continue to, to cut nice? You need to put oil. Well, I forgot to put the oil and smoke was coming out of the blade. <laughs> you know what happened to the blade? It was gone. It got dull. It didn't cut no more. You could <laughs> A good thing when I got to the store and gave them the, the thing back, they said, well, we, every time somebody rents and brings it back, we always change the, the put a new blade on. I said, oh, thank you, Lord, because <laughs> this one is gone. <laughs> so anyway, so what we see right here, the same thing. I want to just make a little, a little play on words here tonight about this, okay? We know the Word of God. Some of us, you know, have been uh, saved for a long time. We know the Word of God. Some of us have many verses memorized. You know, we can 
talk about Jesus, about the Lord, memorize, put verses out. You know, some of, of us are not at, at that point yet. You know, you try to memorize a little hard because, you know, you just start your Christian life. And that's understandable. You know, like I remember when, when uh, I first got saved, I want to say things to people. And I used to go to my pastor. I said, Pastor, oh, I got a lot of things to say to people, but I don't know how because I don't, I don't know how you guys talk. You spew things out. I don't know how you do that. He goes, just give it time. <laughs> just give it time. But anyway, here's the thing. But if we don't be careful, we can get dull in our service. We can get dull in our witnessing. We can get dull in our, in even our, in our living for the Lord. Why? Because you don't want, we don't allow the Spirit of God that is inside of us to sharpen the blade, so to speak. Okay? So, so why do we do this? Prayer, Bible study, and the Holy Spirit presence in our lives keeps our spiritual life sharp. But in order to keep our acts sharp continually for the work of the Lord, we have to stop being over busy with stuff that many times doesn't really build us up for anything. And make, and, and make time to sharpen. We run out of time even to sharpen the, the, uh, our own minds and our own uh, way of living by the Word of God. So even in the book of Hebrews says that the Word of God is sharpened the two-edged sword, right? Obviously, if we take the Word of God into heart and to face value and say, Lord, teach me. And the Bible says, well, my Word is like a two-edged sword. My word is going to penetrate you, and it's going to, it's going to, you're going to, you, you, you're going to live it out. But let me, let me tell you something. But in order to keep our acts sharp continually for the work of the Lord, we have to stop being so busy with all kinds of stuff. I mean, I'm a very busy person, don't get me wrong. But we got to stop being so busy and that to a point that we forget the very words of God. So attending church as much as much as possible we can is very important in a life and a healthy grow a life of a believer. You know, we live in a world today. I mean, goodness, I, I wish I could go to that. Uh, um, uh, what do you call that? The uh, conference on Tuesday. They're gonna they were gonna talk about music. One of the the classes that they're gonna have there was music. I would love to attend that class. You know, I love to attend that. But it is it is the thing. It is the thing. We. Where are we going in our world today? Even a pastor said in that, in that message, you know what? A new pastor's come in or a church is struggling. You know what they're doing? They're changing the status of the church so they can get people in because they're afraid they're going to lose everybody. You know, I tell you folks, this is the bride of Christ. All right? Christ is the one who builds this church. We don't build a church. We're just servants of the Lord. You know, we, I mean, if we could build a church, God is building his church. You know, listen, or one or two or 20 or 100 or 500, whatever that is, you know what we should do? We should just be on fire for the Lord, have that zeal and be a blessing to someone. But I tell you what, here's what happens today. These churches are changing, even independent Baptist churches are doing that, changing, you know what, because they want well, we don't allow God to be God. We don't allow men to be men and just men do, uh, let men do what they want. But I, I'm telling you something right here. Why are we cutting services? Why are we not having the Word of God preached? Why are we not there? Why? Some people don't matter if you have 20 services, they're going to attend one. Who's losing? Who's missing out on the meals? The person is not coming. You follow that? Let's say, if I have 20 kids, let's say I'm a father of 20 children, okay? 
let's say all my children, they do all their things, okay? And say, oh, supper is 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Let's say two showed up and 18 don't show up. And they come home and the meals are already gone. So who's missing out? The 18. The food was put out. They were not there. You see, we need that spiritual food. I need that spiritual food. You need that spiritual We need that spiritual food. Why? Because we need that. That's how we can move on, how we can serve the Lord. Because, listen, folks, we need to be reminded over and over again, don't we? What did your mom and dad told you when you were a kid? Don't do that. Don't go there. Don't hang around with those. Don't hang around with those friends. Don't go. Why they were doing that? Because they love you. And they don't want you to get hurt. Because they can't be more mature in life. They understand life better. So they tell you, hey, don't go over there. Don't go. Don't. You know what? We need those things in our lives because we're easy to forget. We are easy to forget. So we need to be reminded over and over again. Okay, so listen, folks. It is hard to try to work, to, to work for the Lord with a dull axe. If we do have, an, uh, if we do, do we end up working very hard and, get, and getting little or nothing done? It is, it is so easy to work, work and swing and swing, thinking that we are getting ahead, only to realize that we are getting further and further behind. Listen, if you have a sharp axe and a dull axe, let's say you, Miguel, you and I are going to cut, you cut a tree, I cut one. You got the sharp, I got the dull one. I think you're going to finish a lot faster than me. He's probably going to come and help me with the other one. You say, what are you doing? What kind of next? Oh, you need to sharp that thing. <laughs> so, so the school of the prophets, we're going to get into our lesson right here. The school of the prophets has grown to the point that they needed to provide new facilities. As they are in the process of cutting down wood to, uh, to build their new home, uh, one of the prophets loses the axe head on the Jordan River. He becomes distraught because the axe head was borrowed, not even his. He cries out to Elijah, and the great prophet performs a miracle that the axe had flows to the surface, and the man puts on his hand and picks it up. Now, let me tell you this. When is the last time you saw a piece of steel uh, flowing in water? I want to see that. Now, think about it. You got a piece of steel, and that stuff, I, mean, I don't know what, what size axe was that, but probably a good size. You know, let's say that thing was 18 pounds, Okay. There's no way that thing is going to come out of the water, but that day it did. And I don't think it was Elijah that did. It was God Almighty. All right? God, you work to him. So, <laughs> so anyway, so now before we, uh, we too, uh, be too harsh to this poor man who lost the axe, let us remember that he is engaged in a great work right here. He's busy. He's going at it. He's trying to cut the tree down, and he didn't pay attention. The axe go bloop. Ever happened to you? I'll tell you what, many times, you know, you, you got a hammer in your hand and you try to chisel something or you go to uh, hit a nail and before you know the head's flying that way. What in the world happened? I, I don't like those hammers that wood, wood uh, handles. Oh, it happens all the time. I have a, uh, what do I have at home? Oh, I have at home one of those things to work in the yard. Oh, good night. Every time, I, you know, it happens like this. It happens like this, okay? I go, when I need it, I don't want to go to the store. Then I use what I have. And it happens every time. You, there he goes. <laughs> I have the hand on one side and the other piece on the other side. I said, I got to buy a new one. But you know what? That's what happens. So right here, he probably had a, a 
wood handle, and he axes on that hand, and he's swinging at it, and he didn't realize, and the thing just comes right out. So we may look, may look at this story and wonder if is there anything here for the modern church. Is there anything here we can pick up out of this? I believe there's plenty here for us to learn. You see, the axe head represents the power to get the job done. Without the axe, he can't cut anything. No man can chop down trees by swinging at the tree with a, with a handle. It takes <laughs> the sharp biting power of the axe head to eat through the wood and to cut the tree. So in the church, we need to realize that without our cutting edge, that is the power of the Holy Spirit, we will never be able to serve the Lord properly, nor will we be able to make a dent on this world. Listen. If you go on visitation and you leave the Holy Spirit behind you, it doesn't cut it. That's why it's important. Let's pray before we leave so this, the Lord goes with us. Let's, look, let's pray for divine appointments on, on there when we go out there. See, if we go on our own strength, we don't accomplish nothing. You ever seen that sometimes we go on visitation, put things on people's doors, nobody comes, but the next on Sunday we get visitors? You seen that? Uh, the Lord says, you know what, because of your faithfulness, because of your prayers, those are not coming, but you know what, I got somebody else coming. Pray to the Lord of the harvest, right? So sadly, the modern church has become so tied up in traditions and programs that for the most part, the cutting edge has been lost. So bad that some churches don't even preach the gospel anymore. As a result, there's no power in many churches in the lives of the saints that are there. Have we lost the cutting edge? Get this, we must be careful because of what we do in the church can be done without the agency of the power of the Holy Spirit. We are so good at what we do sometimes that we can operate in a way that is just us doing it and we forget to get the Lord involved in what we do. However, while we may be able to operate our churches and our programs and our lives apart from the power of God, we will never make inroads in the world apart from the power of the Lord. He will never be, we will never be able to serve the Lord in, a, in a, an effective manner until we let the Lord work in us and through us. We have to. As we take a few minutes, let's look at this uh, message tonight about the steps, a few steps I'm going to give you about recovering the cutting edge. All right. I'm not going to say that you lost your edge here tonight, all right? But let's suppose that you have, all right? But then you'll say, Pastor, I didn't lost my edge. Yeah, it's nice and sharp. Well, let's sharpen the thing tonight, okay? Let's sharpen the thing tonight, okay? So what do you do? Notice the steps involved in recovering the cutting edge. Number one, it involves concern. Look what it says in verse 5. But as one was feeling a beam, the axe head fell in the water, and he cried and said, Alas, Master, for it was borrowed. So as soon as this man feels the axe head fly off, he cries in despair. He knows that he cannot continue what he is doing until he recovers the axe head. Let me put it this way. Folks, if we're going to sharpen our uh, 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 edges, okay, here we, need to, we need to be concerned about God's work. Listen, the church should be something important to us. Amen. The house of God should be something that we treasure and we have zeal for it. Right. You know, listen, folks, 
we were born for such a time as this. This is our time. We were not born in the time of Moses or David or any other prophet. We're not going to live 200 years from now. You know, we're living now, and now's our time, what? To sharpen our, our, our axes, you know what? And do it for the Lord. But I tell you what, we need to do this in a way on which God is glorified. You see, we go on visitation, God's glorified. We have an outreach, it's all about God. Let's pray, let's, you know, it's got to be, the Lord's got to be our number one thing. It's for the Lord. God's house is important. The Bible is important. Bible reading is important. Prayer is important. You know what? Why is it important? When I pray, I talk to God. Why the Bible is important? Because when I read, God talks to me. You see that? When I worship, why I should worship and pay attention? You know what? Because it's for the audience of one. To God be the glory. So we don't come to church to glorify each other. We come to church why? to glorify God. You know, we are, we sing, we, we pray, we do all those things. It's all for the glory of the Lord. To God be the glory. So we go on visitation, you know what? To reach the lost for what? So they can come and praise the Lord too. We make disciples out of them. Okay? So get this. The first step in recovering is coming to the place on which we allow the Spirit of God to work in us and through us. We have to allow, listen, we have to allow the Spirit of the Lord to work in us. Listen, He's already in you. If you're saved here tonight, Spirit of God is already in you. But you have to allow Him to work in you. And when He works inside of you, He's going to work through you. Okay? I wonder whether we care enough to search our hearts, our lives, and the life of our church and discover whether or not that we are doing, it, it, we're doing is our own doing or we're allowing the Spirit of God to do it through us. Are we concerned about the presence and the presence and the power of God being in the midst of the church? Listen, folks, this is the church of the living God. It could be a church of 2,000 or 6,000 or a church of 10. It doesn't matter. You see, it, God calls us and puts us in places where we are. We are to serve Him. I tell you what. God's house, God's word should be important to us. So important that, you know what? Whenever we go, we tell people about Jesus. Because they need to hear about the Lord. See, get this. It is always easy to, to congratulate each other on the fact that where two or three gathered together, he is in our midst, which is true. It's a, a biblical fact. But are we getting together in our own flesh and do the things in our own strength? Or are we saying, Lord, we here. Use us for your honor and glory. To God be the glory. Number two. It involves confession. It involves confession. But look what it says in verse 5. But as, man, but as one was feeling a beam, the axe had fell in the water, and he cried and said, All his masters, it was borrowed. So when this man realized the axe head was gone, he immediately told Elijah what happened. He didn't say, Oh, well, you know, it's in the water. The water is deep. I can get it back. Oh, forget it. I'm done working. He didn't say that. He went and confessed it to Elijah. You know, like Elijah could have said, oh, what can I do? But God used Elijah here. To what? To bring the axe up. I tell you what, if you just can't see, this is a little miracle. This is not this is a big miracle, folks. I never see steel fluid away like a fish, you know, come home to the surf. Can you imagine that? It's like Jonah when it comes to he comes to the seashore. 
vomit the guy right out. What, what a submarine uh, uh, trip that he had. <laughs> he was all bleached out. He was in the stomach of the whale for about three days. Poor guy. Whew. You know, I, I saw a movie about Jonah one time. The guy had a little table and a little candle and a candlestick. And he's, you know, waiting. And, and, and we see a little lagoon of water right in the stomach. I know that guy was tumbling. <laughs> he was in that stomach going, <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, anyway. <laughs> so, yet, <laughs> uh, let me go back here. Where was I? Okay. <laughs> so, by the admitting that the axe was gone, he was also admitting to the fact that he had become loose and he had not. Uh, he would not tie the thing, so it just got loose and fell off. So the man who lost the axe had is engaged in a great work right here. He was busy doing the work of the of the Lord. He was, and yet in 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 a second, the, the whole activity comes to a, a stop because if he, the, his, his axe just falls off the handle. Listen, folks, it is wise if we individually and co or corporately work and watch in the same time. We need to know what is going on around us as we work for the Lord. We need to be aware of the enemies around us as we work for the Lord. We need to constantly watch that we continue to work in the spirit of the Lord so we don't work in our own flesh. We allow the Lord to work through us. How we do this? Actually, go to Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 17. And keep your finger there on, um, on 2 Kings. What an example Nehemiah gives huh, in the book of Nehemiah. Just a, a few books forward. Look at Nehemiah, what it says there. It says, verse 17, 417, it says, They which build on the wall, and they that bear burdens, with those that uh, lay it, everyone with one uh, of his hands wrought in the work, and with the other hand held a weapon. You know what Nehemiah is telling us here? Now, of course, they're being threatened. And you know why? This is what he did. We're not going to stop the work. We're going to get the work done. With one hand, and the other hand, we hold a weapon. When the enemy comes, we're ready for battle. You know what? Who are we? The children of the living God. Who are we? The servants of the Lord. Who are we? The soldiers of the cross. You know what? We're ready for battle. When at the same time, we work for the Lord. And we do that in our local church. Because I know what? You know what? There is an enemy called the devil and his demons. You know what they want to do? What the devil wants to do? He comes to kill and to destroy, and that's what the devil wants to do. You know what we do? We put our weapons up, and we continue working, serving the Lord together. Amen. That's what the Lord wants us to do. We move forward. Listen, it's not the gates of hell that press against us. It's we that press against the gates of hell. You follow that? Because we are in the enemy territory. You follow that? We are citizens of heaven. We are here in the earth, and we are pressing the bars against the gates of hell a little step at a time, and you just keep pressing on. You know why? Because there's people that need the Lord. Listen, there's an ocean of humanity of people that need to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. He said, why I need Jesus Christ as my personal Savior? Because that's the only way to get to heaven. The only way. So we need to keep our axes nice and sharp. Nice and sharp. Okay, where is the, where are the honest heart that will cry out and say, I, uh, I just don't have the fire I used to have, Lord. 
I'm not as close to the Lord as I used to be. I need the power of God operating through me and to get the job done. I tell you what, we can fall into dull moments. You follow that? We can fall into dull moments in our Christian walk. You know, let's say you got the accent and you, you, you're going to hit a tree and you miss a tree, you hit a rock. And when you hit a rock, what happens? You might take a chunk out of that axe. <laughs> you know, you got to sharpen that thing back again. Sometimes, you know, in our Christian walk, we get a little dull. We take our eyes off the, 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 the finish line of the cross of the, of the Lord and we get a little dull. You know, we need, we need a, a little sharpness. We need that, 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 that stone and put a little oil in there and just sharpen that edge so we can go on again. Listen, you know, it's not, it's not a shame for us to say as Christians, hey, I've been a little dull lately. You know, that's humility. For us to say, you know, oh, I'm sharp all the time. Oh, stop lying. Because that's not true. You know, oh, I'm sharp all the time. No, you're not. You get, we get dull all the time. You know what? That's Praise the Lord for the sharpness of God's word. He sharpened us. He sharpened us. You know what? And we get nice and sharp, and the next day, you, oh, look at this X again. Let's sharpen again. See, we need to sharpen our axes each and every day. So number one, the steps involving the recovering the cutting edge it involves concern. Number two, it involves confession. Number three, it involves comprehension. Like at verse five, and, but as one was feeling a beam, I read this verse several times, the axe had fell in the water and he cried and said, Allah's master, for it was borrowed. So one of the reasons this man is so upset is because the axe had didn't even belong to him. He borrowed it from someone in order to be able to help him build the building. So not losing an axe head was not, not it doesn't seem to be a, a big deal to you and me. Like, let's say, if I have an axe at home and it's dull, like I can throw it in the side court, the Lucas Lumber Yard or Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever the store, and buy a new one. Right? For us, it's not a big deal. Well, let's put it like this. So let's go to Bible times. They didn't have Home Depots down the road. All right? They didn't have Lowe's down the road. You know what? Let, let's look at this a little bit. So, okay? So. Now, losing an axe head may not seem like a big deal to you and me. We can ride like, to the store, like I said, and grab one. However, in that day, tools and other things are made of iron, and we're very scarce and, and short supply. I mean, you just don't have it. And if you have one, you were blessed that you had one. This man knew the magnitude of his loss when the axe fell off the hand, and, and he understood like, oh, this is not even mine. Well, how am I going to repay this thing? This man shows that, that uh, us that he was very uh, uh, caring about the, the things of others. This man shows us that he was an honest person. I'll tell you this. Okay. If you borrow somebody a tool and you break it, what do you do? That's the right, the right thing to do, right? Well, <laughs> but some people don't think that way. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I had a, uh, a dear uncle of mine. He's, he's no longer with us. But one time, he, he came borrow some of our tools. And, uh, you know, he, he, who knows who he was, uh, a, 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 what do you call that, a grinder, a flat grinder, small, flat. You guys know. Okay, ladies, I'm sorry. <laughs> some, of you, some of you may know. But, you know, he, I said, uncle, when you finish with that wheel, you know, is, is the key. Open the key up and put a new 
Oh, hold on. I know how to do this. <laughs> I was like, two weeks later, uh, I go, what is that grinder? Oh, I'm going to get it. And he goes, that thing is a piece of junk, good for nothing. <laughs> I look at it. Oh, it was a piece of junk. <laughs> he, he tried to take that thing with whatever he did. He hammered at that thing. That thing wouldn't even spend flat anymore. It's going longer, longer, longer. <laughs> he couldn't get it out. He's like, he said, he said, uncle, this is not mine. This is my father. I mean, at least you should go buy one. He goes, me buy one. This is junk. <laughs> but, I mean, that's not how you should do. I agree with you, Miguel. We're using somebody's tools. You, you break it, <laughs> we'll replace it. That's what I would do. Yeah, <laughs> but my uncle, like, you know what I do with that. But this guy right here, it shows his honesty. He's, he's concerned because he borrowed from somebody. It falls in the water. He doesn't know where it is. And he's crying out because he's very concerned. This man shows that he's an honest person. Plus the fact that he, he was borrowed, a borrowed tool would require this man to replace the axe head, which he obviously could not do since it was borrowed. Probably, where am I going to find one like this? For us, like I go to the local store for him, he may not have anybody around with that thing. So the fact that a person would lend this man a tool for such value was a sign that the, the owner of the axe really trusted this young prophet. He did not want to violate that trust. You know, it's the, thing, it's the same thing with us. Listen, if you, buy, if you borrow somebody a tool and you break it, you want to get them back, right, buy something back because you don't want to mistrust because next time you go, hey, can I borrow a tool? Oh, uh, I don't think so. And why? You broke the last one. You know, what are you going to do with this one? See, it is a honesty goes on, that goes on in there. I think that's the right thing to do. You know, I mess it up and then we go replace it. But this man right here maybe is the thing. Maybe he didn't have any money. Maybe it was nothing available that he could replace it. So he is obviously crying out. He's obviously very upset that the thing fell in the water. So may we never take it for granted, okay? May we never come to the place where we act as though nothing can take our power away. God help us to never violate his trust, okay? If we are going to serve the Lord and see eternal results for our service, we must accept the fact that we are unable to do the work within ourselves. We need the Spirit of God to work in us and through us. We need to allow the Spirit of, uh, of the Lord to work in us and sharpen us. Listen, who's going to sharpen our speech is the Spirit of the Lord. Who's going to sharpen our actions is the Spirit of the Lord. Who's going to sharpen our minds is the Spirit of the Lord. We have the Spirit within us. Let Him sharpen our acts. Okay, let's go to our next step. Steps involve in recovering the cutting edge in our lives. Number one, it involves concern. Number two, it involves confession. Number three, it involves comprehension. And number three, it involves coming back. Coming back. Look at verse 6. And the man of God said, where fell it? And he showed him the place, and he cut down a stick and cast it there, and the iron did swim. The Bible is specific about saying to us, the axe was swimming to the surface. As soon as Elijah heard about the problem, he called the prophet to go back to the place where the axe had was lost. This is a practical truth. In order for us to recover something that we lost, we must go back to the place where we lost it. So we can't try to have a full recovery. Listen, if you lose a tool... You have an idea where you, you lost it. So what do you do? You go to that area. You start searching around, right? Now what we do? 
You know, if you're like me, you look at the whole house and still can't find anything. <laughs> and, you, and, you, and you drive everybody crazy because now you're like, did you see my thing? Did you see? <laughs> and they have no idea what you're looking for in the first place. <laughs> but anyway, so folks, it is easy to lose focus on what you do in a local church, especially if your edge, uh, your edge of zeal for the Lord gets dull. It is easy to lose the sharp edge of zeal that we once had serving the Lord. It is easy to get distracted with many things and lose the focus for the Lord that we once had. It is easy to get complacent uh, in, in our walk with the Lord and lose the sharpness that we once had in our minds. When it, it is easy to do that. When we begin, listen, and this is a fine line, folks. We can do those things and we don't realize like, oh, I'm doing this out of my own strength. I mean, we call them ministries, right? Oh, this ministry, that ministry, that ministry. You know what I call them? I'm serving the Lord. Yeah. That's what it is. I'm serving the Lord. You know, I'm, I'm sweeping the floor. I vacuum the carpet. Whatever that is. You know what we're doing? I'm serving the Lord. And when you do out of joy and gratitude, guess what? In the end of the day, we're rejoicing. We rejoice, you know, if it's like a duty, you see, when we get to the point to be a duty and work, you know what happened there? We lost the cutting edge. We dull. We forgot who we're serving. Who we are, are we serving? God, right? So if we're serving God, that uh, axe is nice and sharp. See, Elijah took the young uh, prophet back to the spot where he lost his axe. The only way to recover the axe had was to go to the spot where he lost in the first place. The only way for us to regain our fellowship with the Lord is to go back where we started and ask him what? Forgiveness for what we have done. It starts right there because what happened? You lose fellowship with the Lord today, you let it go. You lose, continue to lose fellowship and goes two, three, four, five days. And what happens? You don't have fellowship with the Lord. Your axe is dull. You know, we need to go back, go back to where it started, right there in our own minds. And the Lord, please forgive me for what I have done right there. And the Lord began to sharpen the edge, the axe again. The Holy Spirit begins to work in us. Then we can move on. Listen, folks, this is a continual thing. If you know how to work trees and cut trees, I'll tell you what. If you do it by hand with an axe, you're going to sharpen that thing. You're going to make sure that thing stays nice and sharp. Otherwise, you're going to work, work, work to try to cut one tree down. Okay? So, let's look at another step. Step involving and recovering our cutting edge. I give you five. Let me give you one more. Numbers, I mean four. Number five. It involves confrontation. Verse six. And the man of God said where it fell. He asked him a question, and he showed him the place, and he cut down a stick and cast it, did it, and the iron did swim. Elijah responded to the situation is to cut down a stick, probably some type of a branch or something, and cast it to the river. When he does, the axe had flows to the surface. Now, this seems like a simple Bible story right here. And people say, oh, that's just a Bible story. But the truth is there is, there is a great miracle that happens here. Let me put it this way. Okay? Some people look at this and say, ah, just a simple Bible story. Listen, folks, this is not a Bible story. This is God in His power. Okay? God in His power brings something that is non-natural. 
It's not natural for steel to come to the surface of a water. It's a heavy metal. goes to the bottom. Guess what? God brings that up. He say, well, that's impossible. With God, all things are possible. You know? With God, you wouldn't be here. Without God, you wouldn't be here. Without God, wouldn't be earth. Without God, there wouldn't be no universe. Without God, there would be nothing. He didn't even, see, I'll put it this way. Without God, there would be no atheists either. It will be those foolishness that goes on because they, they, they spit in the face of God and say, oh, God does not exist. Oh, don't say that. Because he does exist. He does exist. See, here's a great miracle that happened. The axe is made out of heavy steel. And as far as you and I know, it's not natural for steel to come to the surface of the water. Steel goes to the bottom because it's a solid, heavy metal. Neither, neither was the branch of the cause of the axe head come to the surface. God shows himself strong here. God shows that he can do the impossible. God shows that this young prophet and us that he does care about our needs and about our acts to be sharpened, ready for work. A miracle occur, occurs when a human being uh, abandoned and, uh, and uh, I'm sorry, uh, I don't know what I wrote here, but I'm going to overpass this thing. So when we come to the place where we acknowledge the, the loss of the cutting edge, there is only one way to get back. We need to sharpen the edge. It starts with God. There must be a confrontation with, with the divine. First, there must be a tree involved. A tree I'm referring to, to is the cross of Jesus. When we get serious about dealing with our sin and shortcomings, the Lord will respond with forgiveness and restoration. Let me put it this way. Every time we ask forgiveness, God what? Forgives. You know what? Somebody doubt that. He said, Lord, so I should forgive my brother seven times seven? He already do it as mad, as mad in his mind. You know, some people are very sharp with that. You know, like they put these numbers up and put it's like a calculator. And the Lord says, you know, not 70 times, 70 times seven. I mean, every time they ask you forgiveness, you forgive. So, how we sharpen our acts? We started by asking the Lord to forgive us. Look what it says in, go to John, 1 John 1, 9. Look, look where we start. That's where we start. That's where everything starts. Right there. You know, you might be a Christian here for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. You might be a Christian for a year, six months. But I'm telling you, we can lose, we can get dull in our service for the Lord because our axe is just not sharp anymore. How we sharpen our axe. Look at the rock that we can sharpen our axe. If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see? We put it to the stone, we put the oil, and we sharpen, and it starts there. It starts right there. Trusting a stick to make an axe head flow sounds crazy, but it worked. For us to stop trying to do the work of the Lord, um, to just step back, place it all in His hands, and trust Him completely is difficult. However, is the only solution. Let me put this, folks. I'll be honest with you, a church family here tonight, I was in the hospital for two days. 
I'm not a good patient. I'm telling you right now, I'm not a good patient. I didn't like what I went. But the one thing that I learned those few days, this is God's house. He's building the church, not me. I cannot build his church. He's going to build his church. That's his house. You follow that? We have a tendency to put everything on our shoulders like this and carry it. And it gets so heavy that we cannot carry anymore. That's where I was. I believe that's where I was. But anyway, I said, Lord, I'm your servant. I want to serve you until you give me life and allow me to. But this is your house. I said, Lord, we need someone to lead the music. You bring him in. Lord, we need an assistant pastor. You bring him in, Lord. You can do those things because you can do the impossible. And we have to believe that. We have to believe that. Because God can do that. If we sit back and say, well, I don't know. You know what happens? Our axe is dull. Very dull. It needs to be sharpened. Friend, one of the primary steps in recovering the cutting edge of power in the church is returning to God's altar. When the church deals with her sin and the way between, and, and the way between us and the Lord is clearly uh, all we need to start and get our axe nice and sharp so we can do the work of the Lord the way He intends us to do. Okay, so the steps involving in recovering the, the cutting edge. Number six, it involves commitment. It involves commitment. We see this in verse 7. The last thing this young man did was to reach down and take the axe head in his hands. He committed to receive by faith that which the Lord had done. This may be the end of the story as far as the biblical record is concerned, but we can be sure of what happened next. This man, young man was firm reaching to the axe head. To the, uh, they put it back in the hand and they went back to work. Let me tell you folks. Okay. So our axe is dull. It doesn't cut anything in what we do. Oh, well. I'm not good for nothing anymore. You see what we're doing? Oh, well, God can't use me anymore. Look at me. Let him use others because I'm just dull. What do you do when you have a tool that is dull? You sharpen. What we do when we are dull, we sharpen. And the Bible says we are like a two-edged sword. You ever see a two-edged sword? You see, what we do, we get the rock, that is Jesus, we put the oil in there, and we sharpen our axe and the rock. That's what we need to do. Because and let me tell you, along the years, I met many Christians like that. Well, I used to do this, I used to do this, I used to do that. They said, what are you doing now? Oh, I used to do this, I used to do this. They say, no, you're dull right now. We need to be sharpened for the Lord. Because if we're going to tell others about Jesus, if we're going to get deep in our word, in the word of God, if we're going to serve the Lord from our hearts, we need to be sharp. We need to go to the Lord and just ask forgiveness and sharpen that axe so we can serve the Lord. It involves commitment. He committed to receive that axe. So God has power available for those who will pay the price for what and who will reach out and take it by faith. God says, I can sharpen your axe. Do you believe that? 
When we come to the place where we are tired of the same old, same old, and, and are willing to handle our loss of the cutting edge in God's manner, we will give, He will give us back the power to do His work His way. However, it's not for the fainted heart, it's not for the faded, for the, uh, it is for the faith hearted alone. So how committed are, are we to the idea of experiencing God's manifest presence and power in our in own individual lives? Because let me put it this way, you can make a big difference in this world. I can make a big difference in this world. You see, how can you? The world day where you are, you can reach your world, I can reach my world. But let me tell you, it starts with us being sharp. Being sharp. I don't know much about God's word. Be a student. Study, 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 study. Study God's word. Why? Because the more you study, the more God's going to sharpen your mind. And your heart. And when you are, you're ready to speak. You're ready to give an answer to those who ask you. And the Bible says it's the hope that is in you. See, we can walk around with our axe all nice and dull and try to cut trees down. It never happens because we're just killing ourselves with a lot of work. Or we can put it nice and sharp, put the Spirit of God to work and say, Lord, I'm your servant. If I'm your servant, I'm here to serve you. How committed are we to the idea of experiencing God's presence and power in our own lives and in the life of our local church. You see, our level of commitment will be revealed by what we are willing to do and to see it become reality. Listen, I think it's a mistake. I think it's a mistake if we go out on visitation Saturday in our own power. I think it's a great mistake. You know why? Because we left God behind. And then Moses said, Lord, if you go, if you move, we move. If you stay, we stay. What a great statement that Moses said. Isn't that the way it should be, Lord? If you move, we move. If you stay, I stay. Let me sharpen. You know why? Because a lot of times when we stay, we're sharpening our edge. Get a nice and sharp, ready for work. What does that man John did? The young man was trying to cut more trees, and the guy was sitting down. What he was doing? Sharpening the edge of the axe. So he worked less and cut more. The other guy worked more and produced less. Follow that? I mean, I'm not saying that people that work tirelessly for the Lord are working with a dull axe. Don't misunderstand me here, okay? I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is we humans, we, we can go on and we forget who we are serving. We forget who is our king, who is our Lord, what are we doing, what is our goal, our aim, because we just put our own ideas in our own minds. Listen, the church is the pillar of truth, is the, is the house of the Lord. What we do in the house of the Lord, we serve the Lord and serve one another. Isn't that what we do? We have to serve the Lord and serve one another. And what we do with the, with the house of the Lord, we don't hug each other and say, oh, isn't this a nice group here? No, no, we do what he calls us to do. Go out and reach. We go and reach and we make disciples. You know why? Because when we make disciples, the church begins to grow. 
and they will go do and make disciples themselves. Let me close with this. Where's the cutting edge this evening? For some, it is, it is at the bottom of the river, totally beyond our reach and beyond our ability to recover. Can we get it back? Oh, yes. If we will take the steps we have been given this evening, well, you are willing, and if you are willing, I'll tell you what, the Lord can sharpen your dull axe and make you a tremendous tool for Him. For sure. God can make you a tremendous tool for Him. Finney Crosby is with the Lord today. Blind, couldn't see, wrote thousands of songs. The Lord used her in a tremendous way. There was one time another writer went to her house and he said, I could not believe her living conditions. And when she was asked why she was like that, she said, my mission, my vision, she was blind, <laughs> my goal is my Lord. She was blind, she lived by herself. She wrote thousands of songs. Can God use you, use me? Yes, He can. We have to allow the Spirit of God to sharpen our axe so we be sharp for the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this lesson tonight. I needed to hear that myself, Lord. And I pray, Father, help us, all of us here tonight, and those who are online, Lord, to allow the Spirit of God to work in them and through them. That when we open our mouths to talk to people, may we use the power of the Spirit of God in us to let them know the truth that Jesus saves. Lord, help us in our local church, Lord, to work for you and never forget what we do and what is our mission, our goal, our aim. That is you. That's the reason we're here, Lord. You are our number one priority. Lord, help us to come here to worship you because we love you as well and also for one another, Lord. We need to encourage each other. Sharpen uh, iron to sharpen iron, Lord. So we need to do that to each other. Help each other to get sharp for the things of the Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Let's go to